And we are on air for Fan for Racing Radio tonight uh, on June the 2nd. Uh, this is Thursday night, and we are previewing uh, the races at WWT Raceway at Gateway and Portland International Raceway. Uh, we'll also have our Hot Topic sound up here tonight. So uh, joining me for tonight's show is our co-host, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, I do have a question for you before we get started. How do we preview something we don't know anything about? Uh, we got the Cup it's Series at WWT. <laughs> and then, yeah, Xfinity Series at Portland. So uh, going to be an interesting first part of the show to begin with. And then Hot Topics. And you know I'm excited about that. Tommy's excited about it tonight. I see that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of the stats today. And one of the things I looked at is drivers who are in the Cup Series but have raced at WWT Gateway in the past. Uh, it might be with the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And then this is the first time that the Xfinity Series is racing at Portland International Raceway. I haven't checked those stats yet. But uh, maybe we can get a chance to look at that uh, a little bit later. You know, I saw that list, and I was surprised to see. I think Kyle Busch's name was on that. Uh, You wouldn't have thought there was a track anywhere that he hadn't run some type of uh, vehicle on. But apparently WWT is one of them, the Worldwide Technology Gateway in uh, St. Louis. Yes, indeed. Okay, in our first half hour, though, uh, Jay, we are going to talk about uh, some short track racing news uh, that is uh, taking place and races that are taking place this weekend. We'll also get into the Arkham Menard Series uh, East. I'm sorry, the West. They are racing their next event at Portland International Raceway this weekend. And uh, we will do that preview along with some updates for the Arkham Menard Series in the Arkham East. Then at 9 o'clock, I do have some pre-race audio from Cole Custer, driver of the number 41 Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Uh, we'll listen to about seven or eight minutes of his 20-minute interview. Uh, and then you and I will have a few comments uh, afterward. And then after that, we will get into the Truck Series race at WWT Raceway at Gateway. And uh, they've raced there before, and there's a clear favorite there. Uh, I'm waiting to see if his name pops up before I even get a chance to pick. But um, uh, we're looking forward to a great race there. Uh, Truck Series always does a nice job at that track. And then at 9.30, we start with the Xfinity Series at Portland. International Raceway, and we end with the Cup Series at WWT Raceway at Gateway. So uh, that will complete all of our previews for tonight. And then at 10 o'clock, it is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off segment, and uh, yourself, Tommy, and I will all be on board to give our thoughts on the Hot Topics uh, for tonight. So with that, Jay, uh, let's go ahead and get into... uh, some of the short track racing. Uh, what was the most exciting thing that you've seen about short track racing this weekend? 
just that there is so much of it going on. Uh, you can't even hardly keep up uh, if, if you're not specifically looking for one particular series um, or class. I know uh, this morning I, I went through and, and was just sharing some super late models. There are five, six different super late model shows going on on dirt uh, throughout the area that I was trying to keep up with. And you just can't. I, I know we talk about it here. There is so much information. you got to find what you're into over at Racing America or Flow Racing. But the Modifieds of Mayhem, before someday that's on my list to see these Modifieds, especially at a track like Nashville where they'll be this Saturday. Yes, indeed. Uh, another thing that I saw that kind of got me kind of excited, uh, Hickory Motor Speedway announced uh, yesterday that North Carolina's favorite son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., is going to be the Grand Marshal for the inaugural Jack Ingram Memorial on Saturday, June the 11th. Uh, so that's not this weekend, but it's next weekend. Uh, it's, Hickory is often referred to as the birthplace of the NASCAR stars uh, with uh, such drivers as Ned Jarrett, Dale Jarrett, Ralph Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt, Dennis Setzer, uh, and more, all getting their starts and winning championships at that 3-8-mile oval. So I thought that was really exciting news, especially for Dale Earnhardt fans. Uh, they'll want to be at the track to see him uh, be the Grand Marshal for that first uh, Jack Ingram Memorial race. Yeah, you couldn't pick a better, uh, better person, a celebrity as it is, um, somebody that's with racing and the history, like you said, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. is all about the history, especially when it comes to these tracks. I know he's got a couple different shows he does on that, the uh, Long and Forgotten. Uh, I can't remember the name of the title, but um, tracks of yes, yesteryear. Um, to see him involved, and I think that's something we've highlighted before. And Hickory is one I know I've heard Dave Moody mention. You know, if he's got the opportunity, he's, he's shooting down there. I saw Steve Post at one in Ohio. You know, to see the, these people that are still involved, whether it be going back to their initial home track uh, where they grew up or one in the area now where they're at, to be involved like that, uh, Dale Jr. obviously going to draw some attention. He definitely is. Uh, there's a lot on the schedule this week, too. Uh, I'm looking at flow racing right now. Uh, today, the midgets are at Tri-State Raceway. I'm sorry, Tri-State Speedway. Uh, that race is actually live now if anybody wants to take a look at it. Uh, they've got the championship off-road at Antigo uh, taking place uh, from June 3rd to the 5th. On June 3rd, there's the Thunder on the Thruway series in the Utica Rome uh, Speedway. Uh, the weekly racing uh, the NASCAR Weekly uh, Touring Series at Stafford Motor Speedway on June 3rd. Uh, the Tazos All-Star Circuit of Champions, uh, they'll be racing at Attica Raceway Park. Uh, you've got the USAC Indiana Midget Week at Bloomington Speedway on Saturday. Another weekly touring series event at Autodrome Garenby, uh and also at Georgetown Speedway on Saturday. I'm sorry, that's tomorrow, Friday. The Southern All-Star Series at Mountain Motorsports Park on Saturday. Uh, weekly racing at Marshalltown Raceway. The Nitro Chaos at Eddyville. 
uh, taking place on Saturday and Sunday. The Cam's Lake Model at Baseville Motor Speedway and Summer National 360 Sprints at Silver Dollar Speedway along with the weekly racing at Ocean Speedway on Saturday. Uh, lots of racing. you want to name some of the ones taking place on Sunday? I was just going to say, though, uh, as you mentioned, some of those tracks, and I don't know anybody's personal schedule, but we talk about seeing uh, celebrities there. You might get to see drivers like Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, uh, when you talk about the Modifieds, Ryan Newman, Bobby Labonte um, in some of these races. So you want to go out and check them out. Definitely. Uh, in that, those were all at Flow Racing. There's also some great races coming up here at uh, Racing America. On Saturday, there's the Racers Honoring Racers 100 at Claremont. Uh, there's also the Modified Racing Series at White Mountain. On That's uh, Saturday. The other race I mentioned, uh, the Racers Honoring Racers, is Friday. Uh, the ARCA CRA Super Series will be at Jennerstown on Saturday. They've got the Modified of Mayhem, the one that you were talking about at Nashville Fairgrounds, that's Saturday. Um, and then the Ohio 300 at Shady Bowl, also on Saturday. Uh, local racing at Slinger Speedway on Sunday. So uh, a whole lot of racing that you can watch even at Racing America. Uh, there just is so much uh, racing going on this weekend. And, and it's not just weekend, uh, this weekend. There was an article up there for XR and Racing America. They're joining forces uh, for North, Wilkes, North Wilkesboro Speedway's racetrack revival coming up. Uh, all August and October racing events are going to be broadcast live on both of those platforms. So when it comes time for that North Wilkesboro Speedway racetrack revival in August and October, it'll be a dirt and asphalt. Uh, going to be real interesting, let me tell you. But you can check it out here on Racing America or on XR. Okay. So it says all August and October racing events will be broadcast on both platforms. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty big news uh, for North Wilkesboro Speedway and the fact that they are uh, teaming up here to make sure that fans have a chance to watch uh, those races at North Wilkesboro. That's going to attract a lot of fans who have been long time waiting uh, for racing to get back into action at that track. Most certainly. It uh, most certainly is. I can't wait for that. And, and I like that. I mean, they put some thought into it with what they were going to do and how to get some great racing out of it. As I mentioned, it's going to be a, a, August is still going to be asphalt. Then when they tear that up, they'll turn it into dirt, I believe, um, mm-hmm. before they completely redo it. So, again, just the ingenuity of that plan uh, is is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that happening. That is big news. Uh, Jay, that you bring up there. Uh, I know we're a couple minutes early here, but uh, I think we're going to need the time. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into 
uh, the racing for the Arkham and Art Series West. Uh, they're going to resume their season uh, with a trip to Portland International Raceway this weekend. They've been on break for more than a month. Uh, so uh, now it's a big trip out to Portland International Raceway for the Portland 112. It is a 1.964-mile road course. Uh, they're scheduled to begin at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, and it will be available live on Flow Racing. Saturday's race is the fourth of 11 races in the West Series this year, and it's the seventh time that the series has visited Port- the Portland Road Course. Last year's winner and the defending winner going in this week, Ray, uh, when they get there. And uh, prior to last year, uh, that was kind of a return to the track last year. Prior to that, the series last competed at Portland in 2012. So it was a very welcome return to Portland Raceway uh, this past year. And I'm glad they're back there again this year. But there's some drivers to watch uh, at Portland this weekend, Jay. All right. We'll start with with, uh, Jake Drew as he uh, leads the Arkham and Ard Series Westfield into Saturday's Portland 112 at Portland International Raceway as the points leader. Now, Drew is still in search of his first West Series victory, but could very well break into victory lane this Saturday based on his performance at the Oregon Oregon road course last year. Started from the pole and led a race high 29 laps before ultimately finishing 10th. And that was after a late race incident. Now, in order to make his way there to victory lane, though, Drew's going to have to outrun several other championship contenders and road course experts. Exactly. Chief among them is uh, his Sunrise Ford teammate, Tanner Rice, who captured his very first Arca West victory earlier this season at California's Irwindale Speedway. Now, right right now sits five points behind Drew in the battle uh, for that West Series championship. But there's also Cole Moore. He finds himself just six points behind uh, Jake Drew in those points. He's also looking for his first West Series victory. Uh, Last time out, he led 10 laps and was a contender throughout the race. Well, we've already mentioned uh, mentioned a couple we say are going to be ones to watch, but there's also some other stars of the West that are stars of the West Series. Uh, that are going to be joined. Uh, Arkham and Ard Series championship contender Daniel Dye. He's going to pilot the number 43 Chevrolet for GMS Racing. And then uh, it's the first standalone West Series for Dye, who's been, competed in the Arkham and Ard Series and the Arkham and Ard Series West Combo event at Phoenix Raceway over the last two seasons. And there's Connor Mosack. He's fresh off the top five results in the Arkham and Art Series competition at Charlotte Motor Speedway last Friday. He's joining the West Series field at Portland in the number 17 Chevrolet fielded by Steve McCallan. And then we have veteran uh, Dale Quarterly. He returns to the West Series competition for the first time since 2019 uh, in the number 32 Chevrolet. 
He's got one previous start in the West Series competition at Portland, come back, which came back in 2012, where he finished eighth. I always love it when we have that international flavor to the uh, Arkham Menards uh, West Series. In addition to competition in the United States, there are three other countries that are represented by competitors in the field this week. Japan's Takuma Koga, Canada's David Smith, and Australia's Bridget Burgess are all expected to be in action. Um, now, I'm going to hit this uh, link called the Arkham Art Series uh, Stats for Portland International Raceway. And this is where I saw uh, a few interesting stats here uh, of previous winners. Taylor Gray is the only previous winner, uh, but there are several drivers who have had uh, top fives or top tens at this track. Jake Drew, of course, is, uh, has a top ten. Uh, and then Trevor Huddleston. Uh, Joey East has a top five and a top ten. Takuma Koga is on this list of drivers with a top five at, um, and a top ten at uh, International Portland. Also, Jesse Love has both. Uh, Paul Pedrincelli Jr. Now, he's one, I think, if he's in the entry list, he's one to watch. He has an average start of 2.0 and an average finish of 2.0. So I think he might be one to watch this weekend. Uh, Paul Pedram Kelly has a top ten there, and Stafford Smith along with Tim Spurgeon. I don't know if either one of those guys are on the entry list, uh, but there's some interesting stats there to look at for uh, drivers who have raced at Portland International Raceway. Yeah, you mentioned Jake Drew. He definitely is. Tacoma Koga we know is. Uh, Paul Pedrinicelli uh, is indeed as he is in, in that battle for the championship. Uh, I know you mentioned Joey East uh, was one there. So yeah, there is uh, several that are, are going to be heavy favorites, if you will. But we know, especially when it comes to road course or racing action, uh, anything can happen. Absolutely. There are several West Coast natives on this list as well. Let's start from the bottom and move up, uh, Jay. I'm going to start with uh, David Smith in the 05 from Cindy, British Columbia. He's driving Toyota with shockwave seats on the on the uh, fender. Uh, he owns the race team. We don't know who the crew chief is yet. But Cole Moore is going to be in the number 99 Adaptive 1 Chevrolet from McAnally Racing. Uh, Mario Isola will be on the pit box. And Cole hails from Orangevale, California. Well, Sarah Burgess is going to be the crew chief for her own family-owned Chevrolet number 88 with HMH, HMH construction, and that's driver Bridget Burgess, as you mentioned, coming out of Brisbane, Australia. Then one of those California drivers from Madeira is Vince Little in the number 85 cell phone. Daryl Herzog, the crew chief for that Chevrolet. Dave McKenzie is on top of the pit box for the Joe Nava 
PDX Heating and Cooling Dance Towing Toyota, uh, they'll have Clark Lukens from Portland, Oregon, uh, one of the local negatives there, uh, driving the number 77. And the number 54 is Joey East from Madera, California. They'll be driving the Richwood Meets the Silla Farm Ford uh, for Mike Nackey, and Mike will be on top of the pit box. We talked a little bit about the GMS Chevrolet. Mari Gallagher bringing Travis Sharp as the crew chief and Daniel Dye, along with that number 43, Dillon Motorsports and Outdoor-sponsored Chevrolet. And then in the number 39, out of Caldwell, Idaho, a little bit uh, east of where they're going to be, he's coming over from Idaho, Andrew Tuttle in the cell phone Toyota number 39. Mike Parker will be uh, with him as well, calling the shots. Okay. Uh, we mentioned uh, PJ Pedrinselli. Uh He'll be in the number 33. He hails from Sonoma, California. He'll be driving the Select Mobile Butler Chevrolet, and Ty Joyner is on top of his pick box. Alex Quarterly will be uh, pit crewing. Uh, pit, he's the pit crew. He's the Crew chief is what I'm trying to say for the number 32, uh, driven by Dale Quarterly from Westfield. Um, I don't know, is that Maryland or Massachusetts? Um, Mass- Massachusetts. For, okay, thank you. Uh, for the Van Dyke Recycling Motul Chevrolet. Well, that's a haul from one corner of the U.S. to the other. Uh, just coming up the road, though, that'll. Yeah, that uh, just coming up the road, though, from Sonoma, California, you talked about him, Paul Pedronicilli in the PJ-owned machine. That one's uh, Rancho Victoria Wedding sponsored. Rod Neeland will be his crew chief. And then this is one I think uh, could be a highlight. Connor Mozak in the number 17, High Point University Chevrolet. He's coming out of Charlotte, North Carolina, with Sean Samuels to help him out. Okay. Uh, he's he's in the Xfinity Series race this week, too, so he's doing uh, double duty out there in Portland. Uh, another driver to keep your eye on, though, is in that number 16, Bill McAnally Racing, Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet. Austin Hertzog from Clovis, California, will be behind the wheel, and Charlie Wilson is on top of the pit box. Then you've got Todd Souza driving the number 13, uh, Central Coast Cabinet Toyota for their own race team, and Michael Munoz will be on top of the pit box. They hail from Aroma, California. Now we get into a couple of not just uh, race contenders that we think are going to be race contenders, but championship contenders. Already having a win in the Brunkati, Bob Brunkati Ford number nine is Tanner Reef coming out of Henderson, Nevada. Jeff Schrader is his crew chief. And then you got the number seven, a Tacoma Koga uh, out of Nagoya Hichi, Japan. He's in a Loop Connect Toyota with Jerry Pitts as the owner and crew chief. Yeah, and one thing about Tanner Rice, uh, there's an article here that he's preparing for that ARCA Road Course debut at Portland, but he's getting help from the Road Course Ace. Morris said, so uh, we'll see how that goes 
for him in his debut out there at Portland International Raceway. Now, we've also been talking about Jake Drew as one of the drivers to watch. He hails from Fullerton, California, and he'll be driving that number six, Irwindale Speedway, Stilo USA Molecule Ford for Bob Nuncati. Bill Sedgwick will be the crew chief. Mike Nascimento is going to be on top of the pit box uh, for Eric Nascimento driving the uh, number four RJ's Paint Shop Impact Transport Skipco Toyota. They hail from Manteca, California. So uh, very, uh, very, some very much family-oriented uh, situations there. Uh, in the Arkham Menard Series West uh, that will be racing this weekend at Portland International Raceway in the Portland 112. It's a um, 57 lap race on the 1.967 mile road course track for the Portland 112. Well, I got a couple of things here. Uh, you know, I can't hardly talk about road course racing, especially out there in the California area. I don't know where he's exactly hanging out, but you mentioned Boris said, uh, and that goes through years. Uh, I'm trying to think recently, we just saw him back in a car, but that's what he's been doing. And in, in, when it comes to especially road course racing, I don't know that you can go to somebody much better uh, than Boris said. Uh, the other thing is normally we talk about young drivers in these ARCA East and West series going to the veterans of the Xfinity series or cup series, we might see some of these Xfinity drivers coming down to talk to the, to the ARCA West drivers after they get done <laughs> with their race as they're coming on to the uh, track on Saturday. That's right. And that's the first time that the Xfinity series has raced at that track. So they're going to be looking for every little bit of feedback they can get. Uh, but the championship leader of the Arkham and Art Series, Roger Caruth, is also making his Truck Series debut this weekend at WWT Raceway at Gateway. So uh, look for Roger Caruth to be in that Xfinity or that Truck Series race on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I know we got that in the Truck Series notes. I think I, I don't remember if that was one Tommy had put up for Hot Topics. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Great to see. Uh, and we knew it was coming. I, I mean, you can't not. The battles he has mm-hmm. had here recently with his teammate, Nick Sanchez, in the Arkham Menard Series races, uh, yeah, uh, definitely deserving of that shot. Great to see Rajah Karuth. And if you want to learn a little bit of something more about Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, uh, they've got a great article up here at ArcaRacing.com. Uh, looking back on Arca's history at that track. Uh, so it, it, history is always kind of a cool thing when you go back through here and just see all the different drivers who have raced at that track and won at that track. Uh, they give a lot of really great uh, uh, background here of the track, and uh, some of the drivers are going to sound very familiar. Well, and this is one of the things where we're going to give a shout-out to NASCAR. Uh, you know, we've lost some tracks we didn't like to see uh, go away that they no longer run on. But I think this is one a lot of fans, and I'll say I start with myself at the top of the list, that we wanted to see cup drivers at is uh, what was known as Gateway, now WWT there in St. Louis. 
So to see the Cup Series uh, finally come there uh, to make their debut, it shows, uh, like I said, that NASCAR is listening. They say, okay, we can't have it all. We had to take something away, but we'll give you something you've been asking for. Exactly. Now, um, I wanted to give some details to here, too. Uh, there's a race that's coming up for the Arkham Menard Series and the Arca East. Uh, it's also going to include points for the Sioux Chief Showdown. And um, tickets are still available. Advanced discount tickets are available in Des Moines and Central Iowa area Menards locations for the upcoming Arkham Menard Series Calypso Lemonade 150 at Iowa Speedway. It'll be the 15th time the series has visited the .875 mile track known as the world's fastest short track. And um, there's quite a few people uh, that uh, uh, are looking forward to this race. Uh, advanced tickets participating Menard stores are located in Altoona, Ames, Al- Alkany, Anthony, uh, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids, Clive, Council Bluff, Davenport, Des Moines, Dubuque, Fort Dodge, Grimes, Iowa City, Marion, Marshalltown, Mason City, Muscatine, Etumbwa, Sioux City, Spencer, Waterloo, West Burlington, uh, Iowa, all of those uh, stores will have advanced tickets available at a discount. Bellevue, Columbus, Elkhorn, Fremont, Omaha, Nebraska. Those are all Nebraska places uh, that will have advanced tickets available for uh, folks that want to attend this event. Uh, this is a, an exciting event. You've got three different series racing for points in this Calypso Lemonade 150 at Iowa Speedway on June 11th at 8 p.m. Central Time, that's 9 p.m. Eastern. So if you can get your advance tickets now, uh, you want to visit one of those uh, Menards, I'm sorry, uh, Menards uh, stores in order to uh, get those uh, discounts. Well, real quick here before we move on, I know we got, we're up on time, but uh, if you have that opportunity I highly recommend it. Uh, Thanks to you, Sharon. I got to go to Iowa Speedway for several races, that being one of them. And, yeah, I got an up-close sign on the back stretch where it says world's fastest half mile. Uh, I got an up-close view of that. I I would have to agree with that statement. Yes, indeed. Okay, we're going to move on now. We do have some pre-race audio. Uh, Earlier this week, Cole Custer, uh, driver of the number 41, Stuart Hunt's Racing Ford uh, had a chance to sit down and talk with the media. It's a 19 and a half minute audio. However, we're only going to give it uh, seven to eight minutes here. Uh, But we'll listen to what he has to say. Uh, He gave some really great information in his interview. Uh, Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he's going to talk about uh, what it's like to go back to a track where he's had some success. Uh, and it, somebody asked him about if you had to write about your younger self, about your NASCAR career, what would you tell yourself? And he's, he, they asked him if he'd been at the track yet. He hadn't yet. Um, so they're asking uh, what's going to be different at the track and and. 
Uh, he talks about how he's finding out what's going to be different at the track this week. And I don't know if we'll get, is uh, one of these drivers that uh, does some shifting, uh, even when they were back there in 2015. Uh, so there's going to be some differences in his shifting at that track, and he's going to give his thoughts about some of that as well. So just a little bit of a preview of what to expect in this uh, pre-race interview with Cole Custer. Uh, it was pretty good. All right, we're joined here this morning, this afternoon, actually, by Cole Custer, driver number 41, HaasTooling.com, Ford Mustang. Um, Cole and St. Louis already getting ready for the race this weekend in Gateway. And uh, Cole, I did see a picture of you throwing out the first pitch of the St. Louis Cardinals game last night. And the fact that I didn't see any video, I guess that's a good thing, because you always see video of first pitches when they go wrong. So it must have been pretty good. Uh, you know, I did skip it across. I made him jump a little bit, so uh, that probably wasn't the best. But overall, I did skip it across, so that was a win. Uh, but I had a little Kenny Wallace uh, yesterday, so that's always entertaining. Um, but, yeah, just out here early promoting uh, the gateway race. And uh, we have Wow Waffles in the car this week. And it's, uh, it's a big race for them. They're really involved in the St. Louis area and you know, working with Feeding America, working with actually uh, Gene Builders for Equity out here in St. Louis. So, um, really involved in the community, and it's a big race for them, so hopefully in an August show. Well, I just saw that Lee Spencer dialed in, and her being a St. Louis, you know, person, you know, I'm sure that she'll be glad to know that you're going to do some good things in the community before the start of the race. So um, let's get us started with questions. we got a small group, but a good group, and uh, we'll kick it off with Rob Keox. Go ahead, Rob. Thanks, Dan, and thanks for joining us today, Cole. Good, good, to good to see you, man. A couple of questions to start things off. Now, I wrote to Paul that you won the truck race at Gateway in 2015. I know it's been some time, but what is it like to go back to a racetrack where you've had success and you know that it's a bit of a leg up over both your competitors for this weekend? Yeah, it keeps you a little bit of confidence. Obviously, I mean, I haven't run on the track since 2016, I think. So I've never run on the retail, um, so that's going to be interesting. But I kind of know the idea of the track. You know, I mean, there's, you know, one end, you know, extremely tight. You know, I know the fuel that end, and then you have the other end really similar to maybe New Hampshire or Phoenix 1 and 2, really wide and sleek and sweeping. So, um, you know, just kind of going to have to get used to repave. I mean, I think I have an idea of the racetrack and using the Ford simulator, but um, the repave is definitely different than what I was used to. Certainly. And one last question to put your thinking cap on. You know, it's kind of crazy to think that eight years ago you had, like, this amazing victory as a 16-year-old kid, and you're still young at age 24, but... If you had to write to your younger self about all the incredible experiences you've had so far in your NASCAR career, what are one what are one or two pieces of advice you give to your younger self? Uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just asking questions and you know, really being a sponge. You know, I think you have to you figure out what's good for you. You know, I think you know what works for everybody doesn't work for you, so you kind of have to figure out you know. You know, your style inside the car, outside the car, you have to figure out what works for you. And um, I think at this level, that really becomes apparent that you really have to focus on yourself and figure out what's going to work for you inside and outside the car. Absolutely, Cole. Well, best of luck, my friend, and hope to see you later this season for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Let's go to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Cole. So have you uh, been out to the track yet uh, this week? I, I haven't been to the track yet. I've been to the Cardinal Stadium, but uh, – 
Okay. I was going to ask, like, what's, the, what's different about the track uh, between this now and, and the time you raced there, but I guess uh, you haven't seen yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, from what I've heard, I saw, you know, someone doing work there uh, yesterday, and obviously it behaved different than when I was there. Um, but they, but they made a lot of renovations. I mean, just, you know, fans on stuff and throughout the racetrack and facilities. So I'm, I'm definitely pretty excited about seeing it because I think it's gone a long way. Uh, when you won there uh, in 2015, like, were you shifting? I think it was, if I remember right, it was an option. I definitely do remember shifting, um, but I can't remember if it was, like, every lap or not. And so I guess you might actually be shifting twice on the front stretch and once on the back stretch. Is that kind of the idea going in? And if so, is that a, I mean, is that a big challenge, especially with, I mean, some people are getting used to the shifters, but, um, Oh, uh, it's yeah. Like a lot. Yeah, it's, I think that is actually going into it. That we'll shift twice in one, two, and then uh, once in three and four. Um, but we won't know until we get to practice. Um, but yeah, it's more of a pain than a hate thing, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, doing one shift and everything, that's all fine, but having to do two a little bit more. But um, you know, that's why we're paying the big bucks, I guess. You know, I mean, uh, as race car drivers, we're always looking for a little bit of little advantage over everybody. Um, I think having that shifting there, hopefully we can um, figure out how to use that to our advantage. And do you see shifting to be, I think we saw at the short track that shifting was almost used as much as a defense mechanism as much as a, as anything else. Should should you expect to see the same at Gateway or will it be a little different? Uh, I think so, a little bit for sure. You know, I think when you look at it, um, if you go in there and wash up, make a mistake, you know, you can always, you know, grab a gear and it's, the car's going to accelerate really good off the corner. It's going to be hard for that guy behind you to pass. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just part of these cars. You know, we have five gears now, and um, I don't think you're going to escape that in gateway either because they're so much different. You're always going to be shifting. You know, I think it's hard until we can figure out something to where we can, you know, make it so we don't shift the gateway. It'll always be really hard to make that happen. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Let's go to Dustin Long. Hey, Dustin, go ahead. Hey, uh, Cole, a few questions here for you. First off, um, from a driver's perspective, obviously Charlotte got a lot of universal uh, <laughs> reviews for this type of race, and, and people talk about it, it, it was a different type of race than seen before. Obviously, it was a different car and things like that. But what made what made Charlotte so much better this time around? Why was it better? What what were what were things that you you as a driver could do that maybe haven't been able to do in years past? You know, I think the biggest thing is just you know we have a smaller spoiler, less downforce. Cars are really on edge this year, so we're able to move around the track a lot. Really good job with how they used the resin, uh, the chemical they put down. They didn't really put much down of it, so it made it so we could run multiple lanes and be able to race. You know, so we made a lot of trying to pass, and um, the cars were really on edge. I think you saw that with all the guys spinning out. Um, so it just made it to where there were a lot of options, a lot of guys edgy, and um, it created a lot of chaos and uh, race, good racing. I'm curious. Um, we often hear so much about sports in general, but even NASCAR, uh, for all the mechanical aspects, and it, it, it's still a person, uh, you know, a people sport. And I'm curious, look, obviously you were in Attention to have an opportunity to win that race at the end until uh, getting caught up in the accidents. Um, 
So I'm curious how you look at that, but also with the, you know, somebody just looks at the hard numbers, it's three DNFs in the last five, and I know you got swept up in, at Darlington uh, with something in front of you and have an engine issue elsewhere. So if you look at the hard numbers, they're, they're you know, brutal, as, as you would probably tell me, but I'm sure you see some different things. So how do you, how do you look at this stretch? How do you, how do you guys do it as a team? Obviously, there's, there's a, a lot of work, a lot of effort that goes into it that when you don't see the results, I'm guessing it can be kind of tough. So how do you, how do you look at this, what, what's happened, you know, in the last five races? Uh, well, you just got to keep grinding. You know, it's a really long year. Um, and you just got to stay at it. Keep working on your team, get your cars better, and just go week by week. Um, but I think the biggest thing from last week is that we can take a lot of positives and take a lot of momentum from that. You know, I mean, being able to run up there in the top five and have shots that win the race at the end, I mean, that's, that makes you pump to go to the track. Um, I think we're going in the right direction. It's just a matter of putting things up and having some good luck. I mean, like you said, it's, it's been a brutal year from the standpoint of I think we've shown we can have speed at times. I mean, I think Martinsville, we were in top five most of the race. Toto, we ran top ten most of the race, uh, and uh, Charlotte, we had a really good run. And we've had tires roll away, we've had motors blow, we've got wrecks that think probably six or seven times. So it's just it seems like one thing after another. But um, if you break fast cars to the racetrack, it'll eventually turn around. Okay, we're going to end the interview there. Uh, Jay, your thoughts about uh, Cole's interview? Jay, are you still there? I got to bring him back into the queue. You must have dropped. Okay. You're yeah, back. I did just as just as that interview started, uh, so I was able to call back in and get most of it. Um, a couple of things there that I've really found interesting. First off, I know we talked about this uh, going back to the Charlotte race. Uh, he was one of the drivers that felt the resin deal was working and, and working its way in and made for the good racing we talked about at Charlotte. Um, but when it comes to worldwide technology, uh, the shifting thing, and that's very prevalent when it comes to short track, and tying that in with what he mentioned of each driver has their own way of doing things and what fits and works for them. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's something that's really interesting can tie into a lot of things. We talk about Boris said teaching road course. He's going to teach what he knows and is, is works for him. Drivers have to take from that and then adapt or change what needs to be different for them. And that's something that I think Cole Custer has done. Uh, I know when we look at his cup career, there, there's some articles and people talking about whether or not he's uh, performing at his level. Um, I think that's one of those things, though. It's, it's him finding his groove and what works for him. Yeah, I think that's a really great observation uh, there because uh, a lot of times drivers, uh, <clears throat> I know Cole, let me put it this way, Cole spends a lot of time uh, reviewing what is happening on the racetrack, uh, not only by himself, but by other drivers. And he spends time in the sim uh, learning the different tracks uh, that they're racing on and everything. And he kind of referenced that just very, very briefly, uh, that he felt he had a good idea of what to expect at Gateway. But it's never really the same until you get there to the track. But you're right. He's got to find what's going to work for him. 
uh, and his driving style and his driving needs, and then be able to relay that back to the pit pit crew so that they can get the car set up for him. Um, So uh, I think that that's really great, uh, uh, a great observation. And he's got some great mentors. You know, when you think about Kevin Harvick, also from Stuart House Racing, uh, you've got Eric Amarola there, uh, several drivers, uh, Clint Boyer. Uh, a lot of drivers come from the Stuart House Racing uh, stable, and so he's got a lot of really good mentorship. Uh, but he's got to, again, he's got to find what actually works for him. Yeah, and we've seen that in the past. When you talk about some powerhouse teams such as Stuart Haas Racing, you know, we had a year where Kevin Harvick won, what was it, nine, ten races. It seems like some of the other struggles. It's not like you just give him Kevin Harvick's car. You know, I mean, there's certain things that were fitting and working for him. As the car changed, those were no longer working for Kevin Harvick, and we saw some of the other drivers being successful with it. So it's finding that right. And you added a very important element the crew chief, being able to then convey to the crew chief what he wants, what he's looking for, and the crew chief setting it up that way for him. Exactly right. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on now to the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Uh, They are racing at Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, the Toyota 200, on Saturday, June the 4th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The purse for this one is $696,198. The pre-race coverage will start on FS1 at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, and there's also coverage on MRN and SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. Uh, They'll be racing a distance of 200 miles over 160 laps. The first two stages are 35 laps each, uh, stage one ends on lap 35, stage two on lap 70, and the last stage ends on the last lap, so that last stage is uh, 90 laps. <clears throat> so what do we have for the truck series here in our preview? Well, we kind of already gave a spoiler alert to this. Uh, Raja is he's going to attempt a NASCAR Camping World Truck Series career debut this weekend. And it was Spire Motorsports that'll tap the up-and-coming Arca Menard Series star, Raja Karuth, to make that uh, Camping World Truck Series debut this weekend at the Worldwide Technology Raceway for the Toyota 200 on Saturday, June 4th. Now, Karuth is currently running full-time in the Arca Menard Series for Max Siegel and leads the driver's standings after just five races. Caruth is also a graduate of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program. And this will be his, or this weekend, he'll be in the number seven Spire Motorsports Chevrolet Silverado. Excuse me. Uh, crew chief, we talked about the crew chief. You got a good one. Kevin Mannion uh, be working with him. Now, Caruth has made two NASCAR Xfinity Series starts this year. Those came at Richmond and Dover. Okay. And we know that this is true. Hosevar, Carson Hosevar has been knocking on the Victory Lane's door, uh, and uh, he hails from Nice Motorsports and has led laps in six races this season. He accumulated the fourth most laps out front this year at 135 laps led. That's 10.03% of the laps completed. 
He has finished runner-up twice, but he's still looking for that first career win in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. And Tim starts how Hostmeyer's collected three top fives and five top tens this season. This weekend, Hostmeyer becomes the second driver in series history uh, to win their first career race. Oh, could become. I was going to say, how do they know that he's become that? Uh, He could become the second driver in series history to win the first career race at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And he would join Justin Haley, who did it in 2018. Now, Hosper's made two series starts at the track. He posted one top 10 finish, and he has an average finish of the 11.5. So we'll see if he can improve upon that uh, this weekend. I know another driver looking to improve their finish. To build that, yeah, to build on that career best finish, and that's Haley Deegan uh, coming at Gateway. It's team DGR's Haley Deegan. She returns to Worldwide Technology Raceway, the track where she has posted her career best camping world truck series finish of seventh place coming last season. Now, it was the best finish by a female competitor in this series, not on a super speedway. Now, the California native returns to the 1.25-mile track, looking to get her 2022 season headed in the right direction. On the year, Deegan has made 10 starts, uh, posting five top 20 finishes. Average finish a little outside of that at 24.6. And talk about that... uh, finish from last year, Worldwide Technology Raceway, Deegan started 19th, raced her way up to that 7th place finish, and became just the 4th female in series history to post a top 10 finish. She joins the list of Jennifer Jo Cobb, Natalie Decker, and Angela Rook. Rook. I'm sorry, Rook. Okay. Now, um, the playoff bubble, we always talk about that because it's getting close. There's only six races left to decide the five open postseason spots. Doorsport Racing's uh, Matt Crafton right now is in, tenth, uh, in the 10th spot in the Truck Series driver standings. Uh, that's the final transfer spot into the playoffs. As the series now heads to Worldwide Technology Raceway for the 11th race of the 16-race regular season. Five drivers have locked themselves into the playoffs by virtue of their wins. That includes Zane Smith with three wins, John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, Chandler Smith, and Stuart Friesen each have one win. That leaves just five spots left uh, with just six races left to decide the postseason field. Now, Crafton, who is in 10th, is 25 points up on Tanner Gray in the 11th place. That's the first spot outside the playoff cut line and in the driver's standings. Now, Crafton is 52 points up on Derek Krause, who sits in 12th in the driver's standings. Of the drivers outside the playoff cut line, uh, chasing Matt Crafton in that final postseason uh, transfer spot, there's Tanner Gray, 14.5, has the best average finish at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Uh, he's followed by Derek Krause, who has an average finish of 16.5. Tammy Hill at 18.0. Austin Wayne Self at 20.0. And Tyler Ankrum 
at 24.6. Matt DiBenedetto and Colby Howard, they're making their series track debuts this weekend at WWT Raceway. Uh, Matt Crafton has made 18 starts at the track. He's posted three top fives and 10 top tens. His average finish at the 1.25-mile track is 12.1. So just some uh, stats there uh, to keep in mind when it, as it relates to the playoff bubble in the truck series. Okay, we're going to talk about points leader John Hunter Nemechek as the only former WWTR winner entered this weekend. Uh, this is a good good notes here, but it might make you a little sad, Sharon. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, NASCAR <laughs> Camping World Truck Series driver standing leader John Hunter Nemechek is returning to Worldwide Technology Raceway as the only former winner entered into the field this weekend and look to become just the third different driver in series history to win multiple races at the 1.25-mile racetrack. I would uh, put him on the list with uh, Sheldon Creed, who did it in 2020 and 21, and a throwback, Ted Musgrave, in 2001 and 2005. And Nemechek's 2022 season got off to a little slow start, but he has since rebounded, taking the points lead following Texas. In 10 starts this season, he has put up the one win, which came at Darlington, five top fives and seven top ten. Now this weekend, keep an eye on that number four team and Nemechek. The 25-year-old has six starts at Worldwide Technology Raceway, posting one win in 2017, two top fives and three top tens. And I don't know if that's who you were alluding to, but... I get to pick before you do in the fantasy picks. Uh, I got to wait and see on <laughs> Sam, like you said, but uh, you're not getting him. I will give that guarantee. <laughs> I may not get him either, but you're not getting him. <laughs> you pick before me, I take it. I do indeed. Like I said, I'm second. So uh, I do have a backup, but yeah, there's your number one pick. <laughs> okay. Well, this is a return trip for the Camping World Truck Series to uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. No other national series has competed more at the track than NASCAR's uh, Truck Series. This weekend marks the 22nd running of the Toyota 200, and uh, they are located, the Worldwide Technology Raceway is located in Madison, Illinois, just outside of St. Louis, and was originally built as a road course in 1985. It was known as St. Louis International Raceway Park. The road course was demolished in 1996 to make way for the 1.25-mile oval accompanying and accompanying drag strips that are still there today. <clears throat> The first truck series race at the track was held on September 19th of 1998. Uh, that was won by Rick Torelli driving a Chevrolet for truck owner Marshall Chesron. Torelli Ch- uh, won the race after leading 72 laps of the scheduled 160 with an average speed of 99.967 miles per hour. Uh, the 21 previous Camping World Truck Series races at the uh, uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway produced 12 different pole winners and 19 different race winners. Greg Biffle 
uh, won the poll in 98 and 2000, Ted Musgrave in 20, uh, 2001 and in 2005, uh, leading the Camping World Truck Series in polls at the track with two each. Sheldon Creed won there in 20 and 21, Ted Musgrave in 21 and 2005. Uh, they lead the series in wins at the track. And this weekend, just one former uh, WWT Raceway winner entered the Toyota 200, and that, of course, is John Hunter Nemechek, uh, who won there in 2017. All the on-track activity begins uh, for the truck series with practice on Friday, June the 3rd, from 6.05 p.m. to 6.35 p.m., directly followed by the Kinetic Gaskets Pole qualifying at 6.35 p.m. ET. So, uh, Looking forward to that with uh, the truck series. Uh, but I love this. The triple truck challenge is back. Yeah, we love to see this uh, for sure. And it's the, the triple truck challenge is going to kick off here at Worldwide Technology Raceway. It was introduced back in 2019 as a three-race program that provides drivers in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series an opportunity to win up to $500,000 in bonus money. The Triple Truck Challenge will award 50000 bonus to the race winner of any one of the three events. If you win two of the three races, you pocket an additional 150000 Win all three and collect that cool half a million dollars. Now, for the 2022 season, the Triple Truck Challenge, also known as the Trip, is going to be held at the following tracks. We're starting here June 4th, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Then on June 24th, it'll be Nashville Speedway. Uh, I'm sorry, Nashville Super Speedway. And it'll wrap up July 9th at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Our previous winners of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Challenge in 2019 we had Greg Biffle do it at Texas in a KBM truck. Brett Moffitt picked up the win in Iowa. And Ross Jastain was your winner at WWTR. In 2020, it was Sheldon Creed who uh, picked up the victory at the Daytona Road Course. Zane Smith at Dover. And then Sheldon Creed come back at WWTR. 2021, you're going to see another from the name. Sheldon Creed getting that win at Darlington. Todd Gillen picked up the victory at CODA. I remember that one. And then it was John Hunter Nemechek, not at WDTR, but at Charlotte. This season will mark the third time the Worldwide Technology Raceway has hosted one of these Triple Truck Challenge NASCAR Camping World Truck Series races, as they did in 2019-20 and now 2022. Okay. Uh, We'll go ahead and move right on into... The Xfinity Series, uh, they are racing at Portland International Raceway in the Pacific Office Automation 147. That will take place Saturday, June the 4th at 4.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, so it will be after the truck race. Uh, the purse is $1,258,443. It will be televised on Fox Sports 1 starting with pre-race coverage at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, there's also coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. 
They'll be racing a distance of 147.5 miles over 75 laps. Uh, the first two stages are 25 laps apiece. Stage one ends on lap 25, stage two on lap 50. The last stage is uh, also 25 laps, and that will end on lap 75. What do we have in the Xfinity Series, Jay? Well, I think we hit on part of this earlier during the uh, Arkham Menard Series uh, preview, but we got Mason Felipe and Connor Mozak uh, to attempt, attempt Xfinity Series debuts. These two drivers uh, this weekend, Mason Felipe and Connor Mozak, will be attempting to make their NASCAR Xfinity Series career debuts this weekend at Portland. We'll start with the IMSA Pilot Challenge driver, Mason Felipe. Uh, with the support of Open Fender, he'll attempt to make his NASCAR Xfinity Series debut in the number 91 DGM Racing Chevrolet at Portland International Raceway this weekend. Felipe is a California native, quickly climbed the ranks of the SRO and the IMSA, has the experience at Portland International Raceway, which includes a win in a third-place finish. O'Connor Mozak, a 23-year-old out of Charlotte, North Carolina, he'll be joining Joe Gibbs Racing this weekend in that number 18 Toyota for his debut in the Xfinity Series. Mozak competes full-time for Team SLR in the TA2 division when it comes to road course racing. His career, uh, racing career began back in 23, sorry, five years ago at 18 years old when he started in the Legends cars, and after winning five championships, he transitioned to late model stock cars. Since then, he's run the full Cars Tour, where he won the 2020 Rookie of the Year title, and has posted some Arkham Menard starts with Young Motorsports and Brett Holmes Racing over the last two seasons. Okay, well, who's going to be the first driver in Portland uh, International Raceway to visit Victory Lane? This may be the first time that the Xfinity Series drivers will give Portland a, the Portland Road Course a go, but that doesn't mean that we can't speculate on who's going to win that inaugural race. So there's colleague racing, J.J. Allmendinger. He'd be a good bet considering that he holds the Xfinity Series record for the most road course wins at seven. He won the most recent road course race at Coda in March. And to top it off, he's been on his A game all season long, posting one win, six top fives, and 12 top tens so far. Another driver to keep an eye on is 19-year-old Ty Gibbs. Although he only has 31 career starts in the Xfinity Series, he's already has seven wins, and two of those wins are on road courses. He won the 2021 Daytona Road Course and at Watkins Glen. In other road courses last season where he didn't make the trip to Victory Lane, somehow he managed to impress with third-place finish at Mid-Ohio, and he won the pole at Road America. Once again, he won a road course pole this season at Coda, and he seems to be hungry for that next win. Now, Gibbs has been on a hot start this season. He has three wins and four poles already under his belt. After working his way up from the 36th position last week at Charlotte, he finished runner-up behind Josh Berry, and he's proven he's also been able to move uh, the field no matter, no matter what his starting spot 
is. So uh, look out for those drivers this week. Uh, now, uh, there's going to be a new pit stop procedure uh, for fans to be aware of this week. <clears throat> Well, let's see if we can run this down. Uh, whoa, i got to scroll up even further. All right. Uh, we're going to have some great side-by-side Xfinity Series racing with shared engine stop procedure. Uh, for the first time this season, that competition looks a little different in the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Portland International Raceway, as officials have decided to implement a new pit road procedure special to the road course track this weekend. We'll give you a breakdown of what to expect this Saturday. Uh, General procedure rules, the field will be frozen at the time of caution. All caution periods will be what they call quickie yellows. Uh, When pit road has opened, all cars may pit. Fuel may only be added during the stage breaks. And tires, now they may be changed at any time during the event. So for the stage break pit stops, that'll consist of a three-minute break. NASCAR officials will announce the start of the three-minute break after the last vehicle has stopped in their pit stall. No crew members are allowed on pit road until all cars are stopped and NASCAR has announced the start of the break. A fuel may not be added and tires may not be changed at the same time. Tires must be changed first, then the fuel may be added. Uh, The lap in which pit road is open during the stage breaks will not count, and teams that elect not to pit will stop behind the caution vehicle until the conclusion of the break. Now, green flag pit stops, that's a little different story. Uh, Where tires can be changed, it must not be completed faster than the minimum time allotted from yellow line to yellow line, which is 60 seconds a minimum. Uh, In the event of a flat tire or tires under green flag, If the tire is visually flat when the vehicle enters pit road, the team may elect to change the flat tires only and not be subject to that minimum time on pit road. Uh, Restart lineup, which will be during stage breaks and all caution periods. The lead lap cars that did not pit uh, using the freezing the field at the time of caution. Then will be the lead lap cars that pitted, going back to the freezing of the field at the time of caution. Uh, Lap down cars that did not pit, uh, same thing based on where the field was frozen, and then the lap down cars that did pit uh, during that period. The free pass at wave round and penalty cars would come around at the tail end of that, and again, that's based on using the freeze the field at time of caution. Now, pit stop penalties. Uh, We hate to talk about this, but this way it's known. Uh, Restarting at the tail end, That would be servicing the vehicle before the three-minute break has started or after the three-minute break has ended. Vehicle is not in the correct restart position when the one to go is given at turn eight. So that'll be interesting. You've got to get lined up before they get to turn eight. Uh, Pass-through penalty, that would be not meeting the green flag minimum time on pit road. You have to come back down to a pass-through. When it comes to the pit crew or pit equipment, the pit crew members, that'll consist of the road crew roster positions, which uh, each team has to provide to NASCAR. There's five crew members to service and fuel the vehicle, and that's excluding the stage breaks where it's a a three-minute time break. Uh, One driver assist crew member 
who can clean the windshield and assist the driver as needed. All pit crew safety equipment is required during any pit stops, uh, excluding the stage brakes. And any compressed, air-driven, pneumatic pit guns or battery-operated electric pit gun may be used. That one's a little different. Uh, so, so there are some things that change. Do we see it a modified? Uh, we've seen it in some of the other series. Uh, kind of a modifi- modification on all, all of that. So that'll definitely be interesting to watch during this Portland race. <laughs> yes, it will. Now, NASCAR and Oregon do go way back. The NASCAR Xfinity Series will become the second NASCAR National Series to compete at Portland International Raceway with the Pacific Office Automation 147 on Saturday. Uh, Looking back at NASCAR's first National Series competition in the state of Oregon, uh, that was actually at Portland Speedway, a half-mile paved oval on May 27th of 1956. It was a NASCAR Cup Series race, and the event was actually won by Herb Thomas, driving a Chrysler for car owner Carl Kiekenhofer. In total... The NASCAR Cup Series made seven starts at Portland Speedway between two seasons, um, the 1956 to 1957, producing six different winners. The Camping World Cup Series was the first national series for NASCAR to compete at Portland International Raceway and did so from 99 to 2000. The Truck Series also visited Portland uh, from 1995 to 1998. Uh, again, uh, Portland International Raceway saw two truck series races, uh, and two combined. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, the first year was 1999. Portland Speedway had seven cup races and four truck races for a total of 11 races. I guess that's the combined. Okay. From 1956. And there have been a total of 13 races uh, between the two tracks and between the two series. So uh, a lot of that history continues on this weekend now with the Xfinity Series. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, Mentioned that it is the Xfinity Series to race at Portland International Raceway for that first time. That's to stay on par with the new and exciting things happening this year at NASCAR, the Xfinity Series heading to Oregon to race for the very first time at Portland International Raceway. But the track is built on history. What was once America's largest public housing project for nearly 40,000 Kaiser shipyard workers and their families during and after World War II is now a 1.97-mile paved road course that has hosted over 50 years' worth of racing events. Portland International Raceway is built on 268 acres of what was once known as the city of Vanport. Less than 15 years after the city was washed away by a flood in 1948, the city of Portland acquired the land. With the growing interest in sports car and drag racing in the 1960s, Portland International Raceway was born and has been hosting regular races since 1965. When NASCAR first visited Portland International Raceway, that came with the Camping World Truck Series back in 1999 and 2000. Uh, Greg Biffle won the 99 truck, ra- truck Series race, and Andy Houston won it in 2000. 
Now, this weekend, the competitors uh, will be challenged 147.75 miles, which will be 75 laps, and that event will be broken up into the three stages that are 25 laps each. Drivers kick off at inaugural Pacific Office Automation 147 Portland International Raceway. They'll start on Saturday, June 4th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch that on FS1, MRN, or Sirius XM Radio. Okay, a couple minutes ahead and a lot to talk about. So we'll probably have to condense some of this. Uh, the Cup Series will be racing the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter at Worldwide Technology Raceway this Sunday, June the 5th, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The purse is $7,013,085. Uh, pre-race coverage starts on with us one at 2 p.m. Eastern, as well as MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio coverage. They'll be racing 300 miles over 240 laps. Stage one and is 45 laps. Stage two ends on lap 40 uh, for 100 or 95 laps. And the final stage ends on lap 240 for 90 laps. I'm sorry, 100 laps. So uh, there you have it for the Cup Series. Uh, Let's start with what's going on there. Some milestones. we got a Cup. Yeah, we got a couple of milestones. The first one is going to be B.J. McLeod. He'll make his 300th NASCAR National Series start this weekend. As he'll attempt to make his 300, B.J. McLeod will attempt to make his 300 NASCAR National Series start this weekend. That'll come at Worldwide Technology Raceway. He's got 97 uh, Cup Series starts, 161 Xfinity starts and 41 Camping World Truck Series starts. Wow. Martin Truex Jr. is also making his 600th Cup Series career start this weekend. Joe Gibbs Racing's uh, Martin Truex Jr. will be making his uh, 600th Cup Series start at the Worldwide Technology Raceway. He made his Cup Series debut at Atlanta Motor Speedway on October 31st of 2004 for Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. In 599 Cup starts, he has one championship in 17, 2017, uh, 31 series wins, 131 top fives, and 254 top tens. So look for uh, that milestone for MTJ this weekend. That one might even be a bigger wow. Uh, <laughs> DAV and Ford in the number 21. We're going to celebrate this weekend with a special paint scheme. The number 21 Wood Brothers Racing Ford will celebrate the 100-year relationship between Ford and DAV, which is a disabled American veteran. Uh, they'll have a unique paint scheme at the NASCAR Cup Series race at Worldwide, race, uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway on June 5th. And DAV created its transportation network in 1987. Since 1996, Ford has donated 247 vehicles. Uh, DAV members and their families have purchased more than 30,000 Ford vehicles throughout the Ford X-Plan Partner Recognition Program. And Ford Transit and Explorers are among those provided 
Some include mobility solutions to meet the needs of disabled uh, veterans. And each Ford DAV vehicle has a uniform exterior graphics package. Now, for the St. Louis Series Cups race, the number 21 Motocraft Quick Lane Ford Mustang will have a paint scheme emblematic of those graphics. So that's really cool to see. It definitely is. Uh, now, Blaney leads the Cup Series in stage wins, but he has yet to visit Victory Lane. So um, it, he has uh, the most stage wins this season with four, but has yet uh, to find Victory Lane. He's on a winless streak that reached 24 races dating back to Daytona, August of 2021. This season, Blaney's put up three poles, four top fives, and six top tens, in 14 starts. Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, Blaney has made one truck series start back in 2014 when he posted a seventh place finish. So uh, let's see if he can make it a win at Gateway this weekend. Well, and a winning is important as we have now just five postseason spots still open. We're going to look at that playoff bubble. As we're heading into Worldwide Technology Raceway, the only new track on the schedule this season for the Cup Series is a unique possibility for one of the drivers that has yet to win this season to add his name to that winner's list. Now, nine different drivers that are entered into the NASCAR Cup Series have won in the NASCAR Xfinity Series or Camping World Truck Series at WWTR. And seven of the former winners are looking for their first cup win of 2022. That's led by Kevin Harvick, who has Xfinity wins there in 2000, 2001, and a truck series win in 2010, with three national series wins at the 1.25-mile track. That's followed by Christopher Bell, who's got a truck series win there in 2016. Cole Custer, also in the truck series from 2015. It was Justin Haley in the trucks uh, 2018. In the Xfinity Series, it was Brad Keselowski in 2010, Martin Truex in 2004, and then the other one on the list, and that was Bubba Wallace, and that was in the trucks in 2014. Now, right now, Richard Childress Racing's Tyler Reddick, he's currently in that playoff hot seat. He's the 16th and final postseason transfer position on points with an eight-point advantage over 17th place Eric Almarola following the Charlotte Motor Speedway race. If the series has its 12th different winner this weekend and it is not Reddick, that could possibly mean he'd be bounced out of that playoff transfer spot if the winner is ranked below him in points, moving Harvick to that coveted final playoff spot. Both Reddick and Almarola have made NASCAR Camping World Truck Series starts at Worldwide Technology Raceway, Reddick posted one top ten in three truck starts, and Almarola posted three top tens in all three of his truck starts at the 1.25-mile track. So they got a little bit of an advantage. They do. Now, uh, they've added this Confluence Festival uh, to for fans at uh, WWTR this weekend, uh, and this is uh, for the inaugural NASCAR Cup Series race to enjoy Illinois 300 uh, presented by Ticket Smarter at the track this weekend. The showcase of innovation, talent, and live entertainment represents the region's communities coming together in welcoming NASCAR to the racetrack. 
Live performances will begin at the Ballpark Village Fan Fest presented by Enterprise on Thursday, June 2nd, and will continue all weekend. In addition to the live music, several interactive STEM uh, STEM activities, including Race AR, featuring the first of its kind of mounted reality race simulations developed by Worldwide Technology. That will be demonstrated on the Midway Community Youth Programs, and it will also showcase robotics, karting, and STEM through the hands-on activities. So surprise live entertainment announcements are still coming in, but the lineup currently includes Old Dominion, Old Dominion, Nelly, Cole Swindell, Jimmy Allen, Cameron, Marlowe, um, DJ Silver, Alexandra Kay, Tim Duger, River Kittens, the Steve Ewing Band, Dr. Shivagas, Joe Dirt and the Dirty Boys, Marquis Knox, St. Boogie Brass Band, the DJ Moss, uh, Red and Black Brass Band, Lamar Harris, Michael B. Witt, and Melena Smith, Fanfare, Worldwide Technology Employee Band. So special performances by Mooney, uh, St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, Orchestra, Jazz St. Louis and the Sheldon featuring Kenny Holmes, Keon Harold, Brian Owens, Gene Baylor, and Shedrick Mitchell. So lots of entertainment value at Worldwide Technology Raceway this weekend. And I would expect nothing less from the city of St. Louis. Now, Hamlin uh, became the third multiple winner, a cup winner, of 2022. As Joe Gibbs Racing's Denny Hamlin won the Coca-Cola 600 last weekend, becoming that third different driver this season to win multiple races. He joins Ross Jastain and William Byron, who each have two. He also solidified his resume by becoming just the 12th driver in NASCAR Cup Series history to win all three crown jewel events on the schedule the Daytona 500, the Southern 500, and the Coca-Cola 600. He's just the second active driver to accomplish the feat, joining Kevin Harvick. Now, Hamlin can focus on racking up playoff points uh, this regular season to ensure he has a chance to win the last major accomplishment in the sport he has yet to conquer, and that's the series title. In 14 starts this year, Hamlin has two wins, coming at Darlington and now Charlotte, and three top fives. He's currently 17th in points, but thanks to his wins, is guaranteed a spot into the playoffs. Looking to this weekend, Hamlin has two NASCAR Xfinity Series, Xfinity Series starts at Worldwide Technology Raceway. He posted a pole in 2006 and has one top five finish, which was a third place. Okay. Now, NASCAR and Illinois do have some history. Uh, WWTR will become the fourth different track the Cup Series has competed on in the state of Illinois with this weekend's Enjoy Illinois 300, presented by Ticket Smarter, uh, and that will take place on Sunday. The Cup Series first competed in the state of Illinois on Saturday, July 10th of 1954 at Santa Fe Speedway, a half-mile dirt track located in Willow Springs, Illinois. The event had 23 cars entered and was scheduled for 200 laps or 100 miles. Dick Rathman won the race 
driving a 1954 Hudson for car owner John Dix. It wasn't until two years later that the Cup Series returned to the state of Illinois, only this time it was the famous Soldier Field in Chicago. On July 21st of 1956, the Cup Series saw 25 cars compete on the half-mile paved track inside the stadium for 200 laps or 100 miles. The race was won by NASCAR Hall of Famer Fireball Roberts, driving a Ford for car owner Pete DePaul. The NASCAR Cup Series has also competed at Chicagoland Speedway from 2001 to 19 for 19 races. In total, there have been 97 National Series races from NASCAR in the state of Illinois among five different tracks. The Cup Series has made 21 starts in the state of Illinois. The breakdown for National Series races in Illinois all-time includes Joliet, uh, Joliet, Chicagoland Speedway, 19 cup races, 24 Xfinity, and 11 truck races for 57 combined races starting in 2001. WWT Raceway in Madison, Illinois, had 15 Xfinity, 21 truck, and a total of 36 races starting in 1997. Chicago Motor Speedway in Cicero, Illinois, has had two truck series races. Uh, that was in 2000. At Santa Fe Speedway in Willow Springs had the one cup race in 1954. And Soldier Field in Chicago had the one cup series race in 1956. In total, 21 cup races, 39 Xfinity Series races, 34 Truck Series races, a total of 97. Gosh, I'd love to see that be 100. Uh, I hope they celebrate that when they hit the 100 mark. Well, I certainly think they uh, they will, uh, especially with the way the Worldwide Technology Raceway has welcomed the NASCAR Cup Series. As you mentioned, it's the first time that they'll be visiting the Worldwide Technology Technology Raceway just outside St. Louis for the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticket Smarter. Again, it'll be Sunday, June 5th, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1 MRN and Sirius XM Radio. Now, the WWTR, it's actually located in Madison, Illinois. It was originally built as a road course in 1985 and was known as St. Louis International Raceway Park. Now, the road course was demolished in 1996 to make, for, make way for the 1.25-mile paved oval and accompanying drag strip that are still there today. The facility now has more than 700 acres uh, welcoming fans this weekend. Though this will be the inaugural NASCAR Cup Series event this weekend, uh, WWTR has hosted, as mentioned, 15 NASCAR Xfinity races from 1997 to 2010, and 21 Camping World Truck Series races from 1998 to 2010, and they returned in 2014 and ran there through 2021. In total, 24 drivers entered into this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series uh, have experience in either the NASCAR Xfinity Series or Camping World Truck Series at WWTR. Nine different drivers have won in those series, uh, led by Kevin Harvick with three NASCAR National Series wins at the 1.25-mile track. Then that was Xfinity in 20, or 2000, 2001, 
in the trucks in 2010. Christopher Bell was the truck series in 2016. Kyle Busch in 2009 in the Xfinity series. Ross Chastain in 2019 in the truck series. Cole Custer also in the trucks was 2015, as well as Justin Haley in the trucks in 2018. Brad Keselowski's was 2010 in the Xfinity series. Martin Truex was also in the Xfinity series of 2004. And Bubba Wallace in 2014 in the truck series. All action will begin on the track uh, this weekend. Practice will be Friday, June 3rd. That'll be at 5.05 to 5.55 uh, Eastern time. That'll be covered on FS1. And then Bush Light Pole Qualifying, that'll be held on Saturday, June 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern time, also co- covered on FS1. All right, Sharon, are we ready for hot topics? Yeah, I'm sorry, I was on mute. Uh, yes. Uh, after completing all of our previews uh, for the Cup Trucks and Xfinity Series as well as the ARCA West, uh, I think we're ready to move on now to our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And uh, before, since uh, Tommy's not here yet, why don't we do an update for our NASCAR Fantasy Group? Uh, I'm not doing that great this year, but we still want to give everybody some update. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's see. After Charlotte, we had another triple header weekend, so there were some changes. The truck series, we are super tight. Andy is at 48 points, Sam 47, Owen 46. James and Tommy are right there at 42. Brian and Mike are at 41. And then Sharon and I are also on the list. (laughs) I got 32 (laughs) points, and Sharon, you have 29 yeah, it's pretty bad. On, Yeah, the truck series has been brutal. On the uh, Xfinity series, Andy has the point lead there as well, 74 points. This one he's got pretty good control of. James is second at 60. I'm a couple behind him at 57. Tommy's at 56. Brian, 54. Mike at 53. A tight group there. Then it drops down to Owen at 43. Sam at 42, and Sharon at 41. Uh, let's see, on the cup side, here we go. Sharon, you get to be towards the top of this one. Brian's in the lead on oh, this you. one. Uh, yeah, he's got 97 points. Sharon, you moved into second uh, with 88 points, only nine points behind one race. Uh, Tommy's right there, 86. James at 76, along with myself. Sam's at 74. Owen, 73. And Mike and Andy, 68 and 63, respectively. Somebody's got to be at the bottom. So overall, <laughs> if you add those all up, uh, Brian, coming back to the team this year, has been out front most of the year. 192 total points. Andy's at 185. Tommy's moved up to 184. James is next, fourth spot of 178. I'm at 165, Sam 163, Mike 162, uh, along with Owen, who's at 162, and then Sharon, you're at 158. Um, overall, with adding the ninth player this year in, in all, the points really are pretty tight. And I know we haven't even hit our double points for playoffs yet. So, uh, again, having a lot of fun with it. I know some of us might be having more fun than others, right, Sharon? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not been my year this year. Okay. I can't say okay. much. I'm right there with you with, you with the trucks. <laughs> well, we're giving everybody else a chance, right? Yeah, let's let's go with that. That's a good story. I like that. <laughs> okay. Well, Tommy is here now. He's having a good year. Uh, and uh, we're excited for the last uh, Hot Topic Sound Off here. Uh, welcome to the show, Tommy. Hey, how are y'all? Thanks for having me back. Well, we're always glad to have you back. Uh, Tommy, why don't you kick us off for the Hot Topics here tonight? Okay, well, let's go with um, Chris Busher being out at Gateway this weekend due to COVID, and uh, Zane Smith is going to fill in for Okay, Jay. Zane Smith driving the number 17 for RFT Racing. Yeah, this one, this is one that Tommy put up. Uh, he put up several today. Uh, this one really had caught me uh, off guard Um you know, it says he, he tested positive for COVID. I, I, I want to say in a way that's a good thing because initially when I read Zane Smith was going to be in, I thought it was due to injury following his Charlotte uh, tumble, if you will. So the fact that it is for COVID uh, maybe needs that, can use that extra time anyway uh, to recover and not, not be so sore. Um, we'll have to see how that plays out. I know RFK this year. Um, trying to get back on track in the right direction. We've seen some promise from both drivers, Brad Keselowski, as well as Chris Busher. So I hate to see him miss a race, um, but safety comes first, and especially when it comes to the COVID, they're still under the COVID protocol um, that he tested positive. So great opportunity for Zane Smith. Uh, and I, I'll hit on that on the second time round. I just want to talk a little bit about Chris Busher's situation, but I'll talk about Zane Smith on the on the trip back around okay i'll kind of follow the same thing there um yeah i think it's unfortunate of course for chris busher uh very fortunate for zane smith but um uh you know i see this as kind of an opportunity too uh you're right this is a new team uh basically with uh, brad keselowski as a co-owner uh with roush finway and uh, they have shown, Brad, Smith, Brad um, uh, Keselowski and Chris Busher both have shown, uh, they've had some moments uh, where they've really done very, very well. So they're, they're moving in the right direction, I guess I would say. Uh, but you never know, having that uh, other person come in and sit in the seat uh, could add some value uh, to the organization as a whole. Uh, Zane Smith, I'm trying to hold off, but I'll hold off before I say what I'm going to say about Zane Smith. But uh, I'll just say it, it could be a benefit having a different person in that seat. And uh, uh, I, I do think it's unfortunate for Busher to have to miss that race. Hopefully it is just the one race that he misses. Uh, I've been talking to some people that have had some really uh, nasty business going on with this uh, COVID and so uh, I really hope uh, he has a, a very quick recovery. We know he's a very healthy individual, and that certainly helps in this uh, type of situation. So uh, has a, uh has a very speedy recovery and minimal symptoms. So, Jay, let's go ahead and – or Tommy, let's go ahead and get your thoughts. 
Yeah, I like Jay. When I first saw it, I thought it was going to be injury related. So uh, it's still unfortunate that he has COVID, of course. But um, uh, when I first read it to him, I was like, oh man, I hope it's not related to the accident. But it wasn't. Um, hopefully, COVID's not too bad for him. I still can't believe that it's, it's going around. Um, but he's like the first NASCAR driver in a while to uh, to have it. So. Um, but, yeah, there's still safety protocols in place and everything. So uh, Zane Smith gets to start this weekend. Great opportunity for him. He's uh, really one of the only guys in the Ford pipeline um, that's having some success this year and calls the Xfinity Series without his Austin Cindric And then in the Truck Series, he's like the only Ford guy because Todd Gill and now at the cup level. And, um He's doing really good, so I would expect that if he continues to do good and if he um, he might get pulled up into the Xfinity Series or who knows, you know, uh, a lot of those David Gill and racers get promoted up in the front row. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, hopefully he has a good race this weekend at uh, Gateway, and I believe he has some experience there. And I saw where Brad Kozlowski was hyping him up and um, – yeah, it really is a great opportunity for him. It's unfortunate for Chris Bush. I hope he uh, has a speedy recovery. But uh, also, like Jay said, too, he gets to uh, uh, rest off some of that soreness from that flip. Okay, Jay. Well, Sharon, you you had actually already hit on something uh, that I was going to talk about, just that opportunity to bring in another driver um, into Roush fenway Keslowski racing. But I'll, I'll let you hit on that. I think that is very important and what you think it might bring to the team, having that outside perspective. But one of the things that, that I look at of when you talk about Zane Smith, um, you know, Tommy said it is one of the few that Ford has in the pipeline with their teams. He was supposed to move to the Cup Series with Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, when Ganassi sold out over to, uh, to Trackhouse Racing, and they kept Ross Chastain as their second driver. So this really, uh, I think, is, is opening that door and highlighted by what Ford sees in him. I know there, again, there's limited seats, um, but we know there are a couple of Ford spots that are either opening, will open here in the near future, um, and possibly what they they choose to invest in a driver like Zane Smith. So this really is an opportunity for him. It is unfortunate, as a lot of times is the case, that opportunity comes at the expense of another driver. We mentioned Chris Buescher. Uh, hope he does have, like you said, uh, a fast and healthy recovery. We've seen this in the past, and it's truly amazing, actually, NASCAR being one of the first to come back when after the uh, major pandemic went through. They implemented some very stringent protocol, we haven't seen a lot of drivers or crew members. I mean, as a whole, when you think about the sport, we haven't seen a whole lot that have missed time in action. And the ones that have have come back uh, fairly quickly. So, again, NASCAR is doing due diligence with their procedures. So hopefully we should see Busher back within a week. But it'll, it'll be great to see Zane Smith get this opportunity. Absolutely. I thought his uh, girlfriend posted. Uh, uh, something on Twitter talking about how hard Zane has worked to get an opportunity like this and how happy she was for him. Although um, uh, it, 
it's really tough where it's at Calvin Hester's expense uh, today's home. Uh, but you're right, Jay. I brought up the idea that Zane may bring something to Rush Fenway Kevrocky Racing uh, by being another set of eyes uh, on the organization to drive in that uh, number 17 for this weekend. But you brought up uh, a great point as well. Uh, what Zane might be able to gain from it. It could be an addition of sorts uh, for him to uh, perhaps be noticed uh, for a Cup Series opportunity down the road. So uh, that's also uh, a, a really great point. And, and we know Zane Smith is a successful driver. He's got the most wins in the Capital uh, Cup Series this season. Uh, he already has three wins in that series. And um, he, he's been really putting on a show uh, for the fans. So uh, it is good to see him get this opportunity. Yeah, I agree with his girlfriend. She has worked really hard for this. And uh, uh, although it's at uh, Chris Busher's expense at this, I, I think even Chris Busher would be happy for her. Uh, he knows what it's like uh, trying to get into a Cup Series ride. So uh, I'm sure he understands uh, what an opportunity uh, this is for Zanesmith as well. So with Tommy, you get the last word on this. Yeah, he has been doing good this season with three wins. Um, I guess you could say it's kind of a breakout year for him. But, um, you know, if he does good in this cup ride this weekend, who knows? Like I said, Front Row Motorsports has – I feel like taking two people over the past two years or three with Matt Tisk. So he might uh, impress some people this weekend and go on and move up. Um, I believe, uh, like you guys are saying, he is one of the younger, talented drivers out there. So it's only, it'll probably only be a matter of time, but um, great opportunity for him. Hope Chris Busher recovers quickly. And um, yeah, boy, RFK has had a you know, rough year with Brad K suspension. Chris Busher had a flip, and now he's got COVID. Uh, hopefully, they can turn things around. Maybe uh, Zane Smith will pull a uh, uh, Jamie McMurray from Sterling Marlin and go out there and get a win. And then next year, <laughs> he'll be uh, he'll be uh, with the team. And maybe maybe he impresses RFK and they uh, do an Xfinity team next year and get him in that. I mean, who knows? Thank you. I forgot to mention that, Tommy, that uh, uh, doesn't mean that he might get, not get attention for an Xfinity Series seat as well. And I think that that would be good for him as far as his career procession. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. Okay, Jay, you get to bring up the next top topic. Well, I was, I was going to say, I was pretty impressed with the uh, the throwback to history lesson there of uh, Jamie McMurray filling in for Sterling Marlin. Uh, <laughs> if you're a longtime fan, you know that story. Uh, oh, yeah. So the other, the other one, uh, talking about a driver, not going to get the cup start, uh, at least not at this point. Right now he's just scheduled for practice and qualifying, and that is Truck Series driver Ben Rhodes, as he will practice and qualify the colleague number 16 cup car, for A.J. Allmendinger. And the reason for that, Allmendinger is going to be out in Portland uh, for the Xfinity Series race, come back and run the cup race. That's the plan. But Ben Rhodes getting that opportunity, at least for seat time in the college racing cup car. Okay, Tommy, your thoughts? 
Yeah, Ben Rhodes is another driver, in my opinion, that um, when I think about when is he going to get pulled up. Because he's been in the truck series. He's won a championship. I think he's had a few wins in the past couple seasons, and he's a Toyota driver. Uh, the problem with Toyota is, is um, they just have so many people like Ty Gibbs and um, other drivers that are currently developing. So, But uh, he gets to qualify for AJ. When I first saw that, I thought that maybe he was going to fill in for AJ since AJ is going to be in Portland. But um, AJ is still going to pull off that double duty somehow. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a good opportunity for Ben Rhodes because I think in the years to come, he's probably going to be promoted from trucks up to Xfinity and then up to um, the cup level like they always do, or maybe he'll go straight from trucks to the cup level. But either way, he's another one that should be getting an opportunity soon, um, sooner rather than later for an Xfinity or Cup Series ride um, due to his uh, resume with that championship last year, I believe, or two years ago now, and uh, back-to-back winning seasons with two or three wins. So only a matter of time. Um then he gets an opportunity. It's interesting that he's going to be qualifying as Chevy does. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. He drives a Toyota uh, in the truck series, and he's going to be uh, uh, driving a Chevy uh, for A.J. Allmendinger for practice and qualifying. Uh, I I agree. I think it's a great opportunity for Ben Rhodes. Uh, He has been – he's almost considered a veteran, I guess, of the Chevy in the truck series. Uh, and last year he was able to get uh, that victory uh, for the championship. And um, uh, I think that's great on his resume. I'd love to see him racing uh, competitively in the Xfinity Series and at some point in the Cup Series. Uh, I always like to see the drivers make that stint in the Xfinity Series before they get up to the Cup because that learning curve is so steep. Uh, when you go from the truck series directly into the cup series. And we've seen drivers do it, uh, but they don't always have that success right away. Uh, even the Xfinity Series drivers, some of them that move up into the cup series, struggle uh, when they get to the cup series because it is a different type of racing uh, than any other racing that they do. So, I, again, I think it's a great opportunity for Ben Rhodes. I'm happy for him. And uh, I'm, I hope he does a good job for A.J. Allmendinger this weekend uh, in both the practice and especially the qualifying. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens. Jay? Yeah, two things you, you guys have already hit on, uh, the fact of Toyota allowing him to do this. You know, they know when it comes from the truck series into Xfinity and Cup that, that their uh, pipeline is, is pretty full. So to give a driver like Ben Rhodes this opportunity to say, to be in a Chevrolet, uh, they they still want to look out for the driver's future and help them along. So I think that's great that they were able to work that out, Toyota allowing it, obviously. Uh, the other thing is, though, I think it shows a lot of trust in Ben Rhodes as a driver. When you're talking about doing just practice and qualifying, you're not setting the car up for yourself. You're setting the car up for somebody else, for them to have a good race come Sunday and to put that kind of trust in a driver like Ben Rhodes tells you what college racing and the team should see in him as a driver um, and I think that that leads to the point we may see him as one that goes from the truck series to 
directly to the Cup Series at some point based on limited opportunities, maybe in the Xfinity Series. We'll have to wait and see. But I think he is one that can do it. It would be interesting to see and think about where he might be able to go. Uh, College Racing, I mean, it, we've seen several drivers uh, come through there. And then you got other teams that, that also are looking to either expand or, uh, like I said, maybe fill some vacant seats for next year. That opportunity, even if it is just practice and qualifying, like I said, that to me almost it puts more pressure on them because, like I said, you're not setting the car up for yourself. You're setting it up for somebody else. And to have that kind of trust in a driver, to me, says a lot. Okay. Uh, let's uh, go to Tommy for your follow-up. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for him because he, um, he hasn't really gotten the, the cup experience yet that I know of anyway, but uh, he at least gets to qualify. But Jay did bring up a good point that he's going out there to qualify for another driver and stuff. So I'm sure the, the pressure is on a little bit. Uh, to perform, but then again, it is um, good experience for him, and uh, it'll only be a matter of time before he gets pulled up, like I said, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes since so many, um, there's so many Toyotas out there um, with already filled seats, but uh, he's going to get his opportunity one day, and it, uh, at least he gets a valuable experience this weekend. Yes, indeed. I don't have a lot to add, so I'm going to uh... Go ahead and concede over to uh, Jay for the final word here. Well, I'm just going to throw out a possibility, uh, a wild one at that. I'm not denying that. But we've seen Noah Gregson uh, make multiple starts for the year with college racing. If he were to move up, that would open a seat at Junior Motorsports or other uh, in the Xfinity Series. So maybe we will see him in the Xfinity Series. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Okay, Tommy, you get to bring up the next hot topic. All right, let's go with um, let's go with uh, HMS uh, bringing back the uh, number seventeen Xfinity car for um, three road course races this year, I believe. Okay, Jay, what do you have to say about that? Well, first, I really wish Mike had been able to uh, get get in involved in this one. I know he's a big HMS fan. Uh, I see several things that tie in here, and I'm not going to go off on that. I didn't, I didn't even put it up as another hot topic, but HMS made some uh, top-level executive changes here as of recent. We know that there's kind of the changing of the guard there. Second thing I look at is as a possibility and a question mark is if Junior Motorsports is looking at moving up to the cup level, where does that leave the – Hendrick Motorsports, Junior Motorsports developmental program at. So I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Maybe they just think they need type road course practice, which I can't see with Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. But, um, I, you know, like I said, they didn't say why they were doing it. But to me, those are those windows of opportunity. Maybe we see HMS back in the Xfinity Series a, a little bit more so with the possibility of Junior Motorsports because, again, if Junior Motorsports wants to move up to the cup level, uh, H. Hendrick has to give up ownership in that team. So, like I said, I feel like there's maybe some uh, development, developmental stages of what we might see coming in the future. 
Yeah, that's reading between the lines. <laughs> and and I think it's a good read between the lines uh, because the same thought went through my mind. We talked about it a few weeks ago uh, that Jay, Junior Motorsports wants to move up into the Cup Series. Right now they are the developmental team for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, the, the three Xfinity Series races uh, that they're talking about are all sponsored primary sponsorship from HendrickCars.com. So that's saying something, too. These are not sponsored by – they probably have some minor sponsorship from other organizations, uh, but this is directly from Hendrick Motorsports, building the number 17 HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Camaro uh, starting at July 2nd at Road America with Kyle Larson. July 30th at Indianapolis Motor Speedway's road course with Alex Bowman, and August 20th at Watkins Glen International with William Byron. The three drivers have combined uh, 17 wins at the Xfinity Series level. The other story that you might read between the lines here is that this is an opportunity to give all three of those drivers more experience on road courses uh, before they race those events in the Cup Series. So uh, uh, there's a method to the madness here, I think, uh, with all of those being road courses uh, that are scheduled uh, in the Xfinity Series uh, with sponsorship from HendrickCars.com at Hendrick Motorsports. So uh, I really think this is a good move for them, uh, but uh, I think that the further down the road uh, they go here, uh, I think the road course experience is the short-term outlook of why they're doing this, but I think the further down the road, uh, reading between the lines is the opportunity for them to perhaps develop a, an Xfinity Series team uh, for driver development at Hendrick Motorsports. So, uh, Tommy, what are your thoughts? I really hope that um, Hendrick is back um, soon in the uh, Xfinity Series. Um, in a perfect world, um, things kind of go back to the way they used to be like 10, 15 years ago. And what I mean by that is is the cup level this year is looking really good uh, with the new car and everything. And there's a lot of filled seats. So maybe the Xfinity Series and Truck Series will benefit by that because some drivers are going to get booted out that aren't necessarily ready to retire. And maybe they'll um, go to the Xfinity Series and the uh, Truck Series. Like last year when we're out, Brad Kay went to Roush. She was already talking about bringing the trucks and Xfinity Series, bringing Roush back to them. Um, and, you know, Penske's not in the Xfinity Series this year. I think they're missed. So I love the fact that Hendrick is uh, stepping in for these three races, and uh, they're going to put cup guys out there, which will help the Xfinity Series drivers because – if you watch the Dale Jr. download, Jr. is all the time talking about how Mark Martin and Joe Nemechek made him better because they were dominating uh, in the 90s in the Bush series when Jr. was a rookie with Matt Kenseth. So, um, you know, I love seeing that um, number five, uh, well, the five paint scheme every week. Uh, that's what they're going to run for the Xfinity series, which is what uh, Richie Hendricks used to have. So I like the fact that they're doing that. Uh, the 17 car, I believe they have ran that before, so it's kind of a 
old number they're bringing back. I wish it was the five car or something, or you know, a car from the Hendrick. But at least it's the same paint scheme, so you'll everybody will know that's the Hendrick car out there. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if three races they enter will be three races they win. So uh, excited to see that we and Byron's going to be in one of them as well. So since he drives that 24 car, but. I think it's just great for the Xfinity Series to have those cars, and I hope that uh, Pinsky and Hendrick uh, are back in some capacity full-time in the Xfinity Series level like they used to be. And uh, as for Junior, I do hope that he goes up to the cup level. Uh, it would be interesting to see who his drivers would be. I mean, he's got a couple options with Braxton, Allgaier, Barry, and I don't think Sam is ready yet, but... He's the young talent that they're grooming now behind Graxon, so who knows what's going to happen, but I hope Hendrick is back full-time in the Xfinity level. Okay. Jay, your follow-up. Well, I, I know you said it, Sharon, there, uh, you know, this, this uh, three races out of, uh, what is the Xfinity run, 34, I think. Uh, that's not quite, you know, committing to full-time. We've seen other teams such as Joe Gibbs Racing and uh, Penske actually scale back from the Xfinity Series, which has been great because we've seen some other teams such as Colleg Racing uh, step in and fill that role. Um, but I do think, and to hear even Tommy bring it up of Dale Jr., we talk about this all the time. Fans don't want to see cup drivers coming up, coming down and beating on the Xfinity Series guys they don't see it as such. I mean, they really don't. Mm-hmm. That, that's, to them, that, that is the challenge, you know. Uh, even if they're winning in the Xfinity Series, to, to know that they got to then beat somebody the caliber of Kyle Busch. You know, back in the day, it was Carl Edwards, Kevin Harvick. Going back to Junior's Day, he said, you know, Mark Martin. To know that that's who you're beating lets you know where you stand. So um, it will be interesting to see with what HMS does from here. Like I said, I think we're looking at the early initial development of the future. Now, what that is, uh, and I know Mike didn't reply on this uh, particular link. Uh, he hasn't been on today. But in the past, we've talked about that. I mean, Junior Mo- or, uh, sorry, Hendrick Motorsports as a whole for the cup level seem to be pretty. Oh, yep, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, and I apologize, but uh, it's, we're coming up on the 10.30 time frame, and uh, that means that we are going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, uh, you're going to hear us go off the air, and we're going to be mid-sentence. So you've got to be wondering, uh, how do I hear the rest of that conversation? Well, we're going to be continuing to record the rest of that conversation and it is available as part of our podcast bonus material uh and what i do is i'll go out on twitter uh when we complete our conversation here to let you know that the podcast is available and at that point you can go to the two-hour mark on our player uh that's available at bandracing.com and hear the rest of that conversation so didn't want anybody to be caught off guard, and uh, I wanted to make sure I got that in. I think I made it just in the nick of time. Okay, you go ahead and finish your thought. Okay, um, yeah, you're talking about um, the, the, where, where this leads down the road. Uh, they're only committing to the three races for whatever their reason to improve the road course uh, racing. 
But like you said, it, it opens that door um, of possibilities. Now, like Mike said, the their dr- Cup Series driver lineup at Hendrick Motorsports seems to be pretty solid. We talk about William Byron, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Alex Bowman uh, all getting victories uh, and battling for the championship, and we see that for years to come. So it's not that they need the next up-and-coming driver, but that's what led me to the road of if Junior Motorsports moves up. Yeah, to start, you got Justin Allgaier, a veteran who's, you know, Tommy mentioned, finding kind of a home. And I think back to, like, Elliot Sadler after his cup career. We're talking about moving to another series, um, finding a home there in the Xfinity Series and was happy with it. I'm sure Justin Algar would would do cup races as he has in the past if that were the case, just like A.J. Allmendinger. Allmendinger has talked about how much fun he's having just being in the Xfinity Series. He said, if colleague asked me to go cup racing, I'd go cup racing, but I'm not demanding it either. So th- it might open that possibility, too, of, of um, opportunities for some drivers that maybe aren't ready to retire but can't stay in the cup series. Uh, there's unlimited possibilities, I mean, truthfully, We'll have to see, though. Like I said, I didn't want to start anything that, you know, Tommy said something about seeing them back in, the, in their full time. Three out of 34, yeah, it's not quite even ha- uh, full time, but uh, it do- is intriguing to think about where it's leading. Yes, indeed. Now, keep in mind uh, that in April 26th of 22, uh, Hendrick Motorsports announced that William Byron, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson would be adding more races uh, in the Xfinity Series via a fifth car in the Xfinity Series um, this season with Junior Motorsports, uh, driving the number 88 Chevy Camaro with primary sponsorship again from Hendrick Cars. Uh, Those races included Darlington Raceway uh, with William Byron. Uh, Then it was Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, with William Byron. Uh, Elliot uh, actually drove at Darlington, and then William Byron drove at Texas uh, and New Hampshire Motor Speedway uh, on July 16th. Defending Cup Series champion Kyle Larson will also see action at Watkins Glen International in Darlington on September 3rd, uh, Watkins Glen on August 20th. I wanted to go back and see uh, if that means that we're going to see Kyle Larson um, and another driver. Let me go back and look at this. Who was driving at uh, Watkins Glen? Oh, that's that same article. Hold on. Let me go back Um, and see who was driving at Watkins Glen. Alex Bowman was William Byron. So we're going to see William Byron uh, in that number 17hendrickscar.com car. And we're going to see uh, Kyle Larson in the number 88 uh, hendricks.com uh, car for Junior Motorsports. So there's actually going to be two Hendrick drivers uh, that will be driving in that Watkins Glen race. So uh, I think that ties in. Uh, with the announcement they made in April. So uh, they're definitely getting these drivers. Uh, The other tie-in that I wanted to make here is that uh, since Jeff Gordon 
has arrived at Anderson Motorsports uh, in an executive role, he's made it clear he wants to see these drivers out at some of the short tracks uh, racing some of these other uh, races, short track races, because he thinks it makes them better drivers. Uh, and I think that ties into what they're doing here in the Xfinity Series as well. Uh, racing these other tracks are going to make them better at those tracks in the Cup Series. So I think that has a tie-in to this as well. So, Tommy, you get the final word. Yeah, I was just saying that um, them racing three races this year, I hope that in the future they do come back full-time is what I was saying. But um, I'm just glad that they're back for those three races. Uh, William Byron's going to be in one of them, so I'm hoping to catch that race. And um, I like the paint scheme, and uh, I like the fact that maybe if Hendrick comes back, then maybe Roush Fenway will follow uh, maybe um, Pinsky will come back, and it'll just overall, I mean, maybe keep it the same the way it is with um, not letting the Cup guys be able to compete for the Xfinity Series Championship, but maybe increase their races from five or seven or whatever that number is to a little bit more, and, uh, you know, keep them out of the playoff races, I guess, too. That makes sense. But... Overall, I mean, who wouldn't love to see Hendrick back in um, back in the Xfinity Series? Uh, I think that would be great. I mean, then you it would just you would have they would be developing people and they're at their own level, and then Junior's got his own team in the Cup level and in the Xfinity Series level, uh, Xfinity Series level as well. So, um, we'll we'll see how it plays out and. Um, it's just awesome that the 17 uh, car will be back for Hendrick Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. Okay. Jay, you're up next for our next hot topic. Well, a lot of them tonight have been about uh, drivers making debuts or, or moving up. And we got another one. Spire Motorsports has tabbed Raja Karuth for his Truck Series debut at uh, WWTR. Okay. Uh, What do you have to say about that, uh, Tommy? Well, he's currently in the Arcus Series right now, and um, I think he has made an Xfinity Series level start this year. But he's one of those guys um, that's in the pipeline that's being groomed, and I'm not sure um, who he drives for. I'm not sure if it's Chevy Ford or Toyota. Maybe you guys can tell me. But Chevy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great opportunity for him. And uh, I think the Spire truck already has a win this year with William Byron, I believe. And um, they almost have one with Alex Bowman, I think, in, at the truck coder race. So uh, it's good equipment. And uh, hopefully uh, he gets a good run and gets the valuable experience he needs because he's going to be one of those guys in the next couple of years that's promoted um, from – ARCA up to truck or Xfinity. Um, I believe whoever the president of NASCAR is currently said that um, there was no doubt in his mind that uh, Caruth was going to be a, a talent in the years to come. So um, I don't know how he did in the Xfinity race. I think he had some issues. I think it was at Dover, which surprised because that's Dover. 
um, for you, and he's a rookie. So, but maybe this weekend will be different for him at uh, Gateway, and um, we'll see what he sees. We'll see what the talent's about, the hype's about. Hopefully, he does good. Okay, um, Jay. Or no, I guess it's me. Uh, yeah, Roger Carruth right now is uh, leading the series points in the Arkham Menard series. Uh, so it's good that he's getting these opportunities to race in the Xfinity series as well as um, uh, as well as the uh, truck series. I think he even made a start in the truck series uh, with uh, this year. And uh, he's going to be in the truck series this weekend at Gateway. So uh, that's going to be exciting to see him racing. uh... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.